Welcome to the C Word Podcast. I'm your host, Beck Hughes. This is where creative meets business. Here we explore what it takes to harness your creative gifts and turn them into a thriving business. You can have a brand and business that allow you to create work that feels amazing to call yours, have clients you love serving, and live a life that feels like the only place you want to be. Hey friend, how are you? What's happening? I hope you're having a fab day. Now, what's happening with me? Well, I'm I'm on the go slow a bit at the moment, if I'm honest. It's a bit of a weird thing because I'm at capacity with work and booked out with brand clients until May. So I'm working on all of that. But at the same time, I feel a little bit sluggish, a little bit cruisy, maybe. I haven't quite let go of holiday mode just yet. And I'm trying not to feel bad about it, I guess, and just embrace it as a natural ebb and flow in the way that I feel and the way I do business. And it's something I have talked about before is this idea that we do have ebbs and flows in our creativity, in our day, in our week, in our month, and even in our year. And I have recognized over the past few years that January kind of isn't my month. Well, it's my month. Actually, it is my month. That's the point. (laughs) It's my month, but maybe it's not my business's month. And I might have mentioned before that I feel like perhaps in the future, I will try and take most of January off because it's kind of how I feel most Januaries. But enough about me. Today on the podcast, I don't want to talk about me. I don't want to talk about my ebbs and flows. What I do want to talk about is a way of doing business that I think is deeply ingrained, but also deeply unproductive in the creative industry. I would actually argue it's an approach that is is quite broken and it doesn't serve anyone. It doesn't serve the creative or service provider and it doesn't serve their client. And I've talked about this feeling that I've had for quite a long time. And I've also intuitively done things quite differently in my business. And actually, in a conversation with a gorgeous business pal of mine recently, I finally feel that I named this idea that I talk about and really put a bow on it as a concept. So today I want to share with you why I think the future of creative businesses is to be creative-centred rather than client-centered. Oh, it sounds a bit juicy. Is she going to be a bit mean girl about clients? Dish all the dirt on my dud ones? Maybe, maybe not. You'll have to listen to find out. So have you heard one or, or any of these statements, okay? The client is king. The customer is always right go the extra mile, under promise and over deliver, they're paying the bill, so just do what they want, or what the client says goes. I have heard all of them. And it's the kind of stuff that comes up in creative agencies all the time, regularly, on the daily in fact. And often it's a catch-all to excuse what is essentially a lot of dysfunctional things that go on in the creative industry. Things like working extraordinarily long hours or pandering to a demanding client and 
excusing that behavior or allowing the client to dictate the creative outcome or lead the creative outcome. It allows for poor quality creative briefs or unclear, unactionable, contradictory feedback, which we all love, right? Or junior brand managers and marketers who are empowered to run the show and make ill-informed decisions without even being challenged on it. Or gargantuan rounds of changes. We've all been there where the changes just keep coming and coming with no apparent end. And client indecision or backflips through the process or unchecked scope creep. And then maybe late payment, you know, not meeting 7, 14, 30-day payment terms. Or overstepping boundaries, being too demanding, contacting you out of hours, asking for things that are not achievable or not appropriate. So I want to talk about why a client-centered business model is problematic and perhaps a better alternative and how you can achieve that better alternative. So first, I should probably explain what a client-centered business model looks like. Hopefully the name speaks for itself, but if it doesn't, it's essentially putting the client at the center of what you do, making them the linchpin, the driving force of every decision. In simple terms, it's what the client says goes. If they want something, you move heaven and earth to do it. And the kicker is you do it because your perception is that's your job. And it's what's required of you to make your business a success. And that, my darling, is not true. It might sound very logical for a service business to be client-led and put that client on a pedestal. But just hear me out on this. Because allowing the client to run the show, for me, presents three key issues, three central and quite big issues for your creative business. The first is they dictate the creative product, which means, and by they, I mean the client. I, this is respectful. I am respectful to your clients. I'm respectful to mine. So the client dictates the creative product, which means all too often it's not optimal. It's not the best or even the right solution. And it's not one that you feel proud of or aligned to because the client doesn't always know what's best for them. And that's okay, because there's lots of things I don't know in other parts of my life, which I rely on experts for. But in the context of brand and in creativity, I believe that I'm the expert. And when clients come to me, I believe that they are buying that expertise from me. So that's what I'm going to give them. The second issue is it leads to burnout, because you're always striving to please a client who has no boundaries. They always want more and you're always giving more. And that's not sustainable. And it's not profitable. Because you're doing some of the, those things I talked about. Scope creep is unchecked. There are loads and loads of rounds of changes. The client's indecisive. Backflips on the brief. So you can't be profitable in that way. And there are some syndromes that emerge out of putting your client at the center of your business. And they're not good ones. <laughs> the first is the Pied Piper effect or what I call the Pied Piper effect. So you know the story of the Pied Piper of Hamelin? Well, I think we perhaps have all been told this slightly creepy story as kids. Now, the Pied Piper saved the villagers from a plague of rats. Essentially, the mayor came to him and said, we've got all these rats and it's terrible and they're eating all our grain and biting all our kids. So what can you do to help us? 
and the Pied Piper coaxed them to their death. It's cheerful, this one. <laughs> he coaxed the rats to their death in a river using his spellbinding music. And in doing that, he solved a huge problem for those villagers, right? But they quickly forgot how big the impact he had was. And what they did was, naughty, naughty, they refused to pay him. Or they refused to pay him his full fee. So what did he do? Well, he used the same method to take their children. He punished them big time for their lack of gratitude. Now, I'm not saying that you should exact revenge on any crappy, ungrateful clients. Far from it. Well, I'll leave that up to you, but I'm not suggesting you do that. What I'm saying is, when you constantly over-deliver without making it really clear to your client the value that they got from you, they can very soon forget. So it's so important to value what you do and shout about it from the smallest little goodwill gesture that you might do above and beyond the scope to the far-reaching impact that you might have at the conclusion of a project and beyond. Because when you make yourself small in your business, when you're humble about your work, you let the client lead you rather than you leading them, that's when the Pied Piper effect can rear its head. Because they might not value you or the results you created as much as they should. So you feel a bit pooey and resentful about that. So you're resentful towards them and you're frustrated with yourself for allowing things to go that way. So that's not good. So you put the client at the center and you did what they wanted and you delivered them value, but you didn't make it clear to them. And so they overlooked it. And then there's resentment. There's resentment towards your client and there's frustration you direct towards yourself. That's not a good outcome. So putting the client at the center of your business probably didn't have the outcome you wanted. Similarly, I've spoken before about the pinata problem. So I've always felt, I don't know about you, I have always felt a bit sorry for the pinata. Getting whacked at the party in the name of everyone else's fun, probably thinking that it's doing a good thing, doing everyone a service. And when you give work to your clients, you give your time, your intellectual property, or part of yourself even when you don't set really clear boundaries, you are the piñata. So it's not a fair value exchange. The only people getting anything out of it is the party goers, not the piñata. The party goers will just keep whacking away until all the goodies are used up. And then they'll move on to the next party game. And the only person who's winning when you give your time and value away for free is the client. They're the party goer. And trust me, they keep smiling and taking, but they may not think as highly of you at the end as you thought perhaps they would. In many ways, it can actually devalue you. When you allow yourself to be the piñata, when you just keep giving and giving and giving for free and the client just keeps whacking and whacking and taking the goodies and the sweets and the lollies, it doesn't put you in a strong position. It doesn't put you in a position of being elevated and valuable to the client. They're just taking. But they'll soon move on once you've run out. Now, it might sound a bit pre-Madonna-like to think that you should come before the client. But flipping the old way on its head and putting creative 
the centre of your business actually gives the client a better outcome in many ways. And when I say the creative, I'm talking about you as the creative and I'm talking about your work. And I know that putting that at the centre rather than your client can maybe sound counterintuitive, but it's not. Because the alternative is what so many designers and creatives in business are experiencing right now, which is undercooked profits, not enough, working a lot of hours, feeling resentful about bendy boundaries, producing work that they just don't feel enamored by because it was the client's solution in the end. They just were the pixel pusher and did what the client asked. And doing work and offering services they don't actually want to offer out of maybe some misguided sense of duty that they used to do it and they should continue doing, or the client asked for it so they should give the client what they want. Now, I just really want to emphasize at this point, this is not to say that all clients are bad. In fact, the vast majority of clients are very, very good. You can have lovely clients, but still be compromising yourself in your business. And you're compromising yourself with a misguided desire to over-deliver to those lovely clients, a desire to please or not wanting to let them down, in inverted commas. So this isn't not to say that it's the client's fault or all clients are horrible, mean people. Far from it. This is about how you behave in your business and the decisions that you make. So that's enough of the bad news, though. The question is, and what I want to talk about here more importantly, is how do you get yourself one of these creative-centered businesses that I'm talking about? Well, first and foremost, you come and work with me in the Creative Value Incubator, which starts in a few weeks, because that is what we're all about in that program. Well, that's what I'm all about, because there's no we, there's just me. I'm not pretending that I'm bigger than I am, or I've got this big team. This is me, and this is me sharing what I have done for quite a few years now in my business and what has delivered me the results that I wanted. And really it was about, before I even had the time to name it and put the bow on it, it was about creating a creative-centered business. That's what I've done and that's what works for me. And that's what has ensured that I've avoided a lot of the pitfalls that I've talked about. In lieu of that, if you're not ready to join me in the Creative Value Incubator, then I will share with you some of the ingredients that I think contribute to creating or building or crafting that creative-led business. Because that's what I want for you. In fact, it's what I want for all creatives. The first and perhaps the most important is your consultant mindset. And I've spoken about this before, and actually I've spoken probably about a few of these things that I'm going to talk about now. So I will put the links to them in the show notes. So previous podcasts that I've done on these topics, which expand on them a bit more, I'll pop them in the show notes. You can go and listen to the ones that interest you. And the first one is the consultant mindset, which is essentially taking a leadership role in the relationship with your client. And it's interesting because I talked to another creative about this, a client of mine who is in the early stages of her business. She's not long qualified as a designer. And one thing we talked about is being a leader to your client is not something we're really taught as creatives. It's not something we, we learn about in 
college when we're studying design and it's really not something we would learn if we went into a creative studio because very often that job is done by someone else in the business it's done by the business lead or the client service or in the brand consultants so we don't really have the skill set to be that leader for our clients necessarily I'm not saying all creatives don't but it's not necessarily something that is by default something we learn And some of the elements of having that consultant mindset, of cultivating that consultant mindset, is doing things like challenging and co-creating the brief with the client. This is partly taking some responsibility for the brief, not seeing it as the client's job and then just being put out when the brief isn't really up to scratch. It's actually taking a leadership role and guiding the client through the process of crafting a really effective brief. The other thing is around challenging and co-defining feedback. So I think for many creatives, we're put in this position where you take the feedback, you action the feedback, and that's your job. Whereas I feel really strongly that creatives have a role to play and should be able to, and very much should, influence the nature of the feedback and what is actioned in the ultimate response because not all feedback is great feedback not all feedback's right not all feedback actually serves the ultimate goal of the project or what the client had set out to do in the first place or the strategic imperatives of the project and then another thing with creative mindset is about being decisive making strong recommendations It's not about just laying out the options to the client, asking them to choose A, B or C, and then just kind of drumming your fingers and waiting for them to get back to you. So a consultant mindset is really just about how do you take a lead and direct and guide the client through the creative process and not the other way around? Because it's not the client's job. It's not their expertise. It's yours. The second thing when it comes to being a creative-led business is really about you and setting really clear boundaries. So if you're putting yourself at the center of this business, if you don't want to be burned out, if you don't want to be at the whim of the client, then it's on you to set good boundaries, boundaries around your time, boundaries about around your availability, your process, you know, not allowing the client to dictate what the steps are going to be and what the time frame is going to be, that that's on you. That's up to you to set that. Setting boundaries around your services and what you will and won't do. And also around your values. What's important to you in your business and the way you do business? You don't have to compromise those to be respectful or inclusive to a client. You can uphold your values. So that's the second thing, boundaries, setting boundaries, setting them and sticking to them, might I say, because it's all very well setting them. But if you're not then going to stick to them and uphold them, they're kind of just words on a piece of paper or thoughts in your head. The third thing is cultivating self-belief. And this is self-belief in your capabilities and your work. So having that sense of conviction and belief in the quality and the impact of your work. And some of the things here are around creating the space and the time to do your best work. Things like understanding your ebb and flow, 
building your day, your week around the times that you work best, making time for creative reflection and creative play. So doing things that really nurture your work, looking for mentoring or a creative community that you can lean on and you can use to help you to cultivate your skill set too. We don't all just pop out of design college or a course or whatever it might be with all of the skills that we need. Looking to someone or a group of trusted people to help you shape your work and your process can be a really productive thing. I think a big one, and it's easy for me to say this sat here and there's no quick fix, but working on getting past comparing yourself to other creatives is really important. If you're spending a lot of time scrolling through other designers' beautiful work and then feeling bad about your own work, you've got to stop doing it. It's great to admire other people, but if it's not serving you, it's nothing negative about them. But if it's getting in your head and not serving you, then maybe you just need to snooze those people for a while. And also when it comes to cultivating that self-belief, part of that is having a robust methodology that you trust in. So a way of doing your work, a method that you refer to every time and it almost makes the outcome inevitable because you go through the steps and you trust them and it brings a level of surety and robustness to your creative outcomes. So that's the third thing, cultivating your self-belief. And that's a process, that's something you've got to work on. Another thing is developing your strategic approach. I'm a really strong believer in being thinking designers. So yes, what we do is about crafting a beautiful physical outcome. But there is thought behind that, whether that's unconscious thought or conscious thought in terms of a process and a strategic methodology, the thinking is there. And what I want every single designer brand designer, graphic designer, web designer to do is spend some time pulling out what that thinking is for them. Everybody's different. Everybody's approach is different. But I know that you put some thinking and some weight and some rationale into the way you do your work. Pulling that out and being able to articulate that and putting that as part of your creative-centered business is really, really important. So working through your creative method, but also your creative models, you know, some of the tools that you use to express and help your clients sort through the solution. And then packaging that up, even naming it, claiming it. But also then getting used to rationalizing your work, presenting your work to your client in a way that talks about the why and the reasons and the objective rationale behind what you did, as well as describing the physical creative work, the color palette you chose, the fonts. Bringing a bit more rigor to how you talk about your work. I think that's so important. I think it's a huge opportunity across the board in the creative industry. Another thing, the fifth thing when it comes to Starting to craft that creative-led business is having goals-based pricing. So pricing that's based on the time that you want to invest in your business and what you want to earn. 
So this is bottom up versus top down. So I'm talking about top down pricing, starting with your big goals of what you want to earn and then working your way down to what that means in terms of your pricing. Rather than starting with your pricing and going, well, I think I can charge this and you're charging that and you're hoping that somehow that will get you to your financial goals. So you're not going to get burned out working all the hours in the hopes that that's going to earn you more. You actually know that the time you invest in your business is going to translate into the kinds of financial outcomes that you want. So ultimately, when you have a creative-led business, you are a more valuable creative. And that's what I'm super interested in. That's what I am, oh, dare I say the word passionate about, but I am, because that's what I want. I want designers and creatives to be the most valuable they can be and to feel valued in a really, really big and significant way. So when you're a more valuable creative, you do your best work because your business is built around an ecosystem that cultivates that that cultivates you doing your best work. You have the processes, the space, the time, the conviction, the creative leadership to do the work that's important to you and feels good to you. You're focused and you're intentional because you feel in charge. You have that consultant mindset, that strategic approach, that self-belief that means that you lead the process and you lead the outcomes. You're profitable and hey, who doesn't want that? (laughs) You're profitable because you're efficient and you're charging appropriately. Remember, top-down pricing, not bottom-up pricing. You're more energized because you're getting what you want and need from your business. And that's up to you to define what you want and need, but there are probably things around money around balance and around creative integrity. Money, you know, paying yourself what you want to pay yourself and having the savings and the super and all of the other things, the ability to invest back in your business that you want. Balance, having the time and not working all the hours. Working the hours that you choose to work. I'm not going to say when they should be. I'm not going to say working at night's wrong. I'm just saying that you choose your hours. And having creative integrity, loving the work that you do, feeling that it's aligned to what you value, what's important to you, and that you feel proud of it at the end of the day. And it's okay to want that. It's okay for that to be in your business wish list. And that you're valued and you're valuable. And what that means is great referrals, repeat work from only the best clients, glowing recommendations, and essentially premium pricing because supply outstrips demand. So you have more clients wanting to work with you than you need or want. So you take the high paying cream off the top. So there's some really good things to come out of a creative led business, which sound rather good to me. (laughs) And ultimately, like I said earlier on, this isn't the detriment of the client. This isn't about pushing the client to one side. Because when you're doing your best work, that's good for them. They're getting bang for their buck. They're getting ROI for what they invest with you because they're getting a great creative outcome. 
and they're getting the best of you. They're getting a great experience because you feel energized in your business and they feel supported and led. They don't feel the pressure and the indecision of having to wade through this creative decision-making that they don't feel qualified or confident to do. So it feels less painful to them too. So there are some awesome client outcomes. They know where they stand. They know how to get hold of you. They know when. They know what the process looks like. All of those things are good things. So taking the client out of the center of the business doesn't mean that the client's not important and it doesn't mean they're not going to get what they want. But it's kind, it's a bit like that thing of, you know, you put your own oxygen mask on first <laughs> and then you can save everyone else. By putting creative at the center of your business, you as the creative and your work, that's you putting your oxygen mask on first. So then you can do the best for everyone else around you. So I've just got one question for you to reflect on. And that is, are your clients leading your business outcomes? Are they driving your income, your creative product and the structure of your day? Or are you? Either way, hit me up, let me know. Who's in charge? Who is at the center of your business? Is it you or is it your client? Oh, and if the Creative Value Incubator sounds like a plan, then let's do it. It'll be 12 months together from when you start. There's a nine-week intensive, and I do that twice over a 12-month period, sometimes even three, but I'll promise twice. So you can do it more than once. And in between those intensives, we come together monthly to do coaching, to work through your progress, to keep you accountable. And this time around, I'm also including two 30-minute one-on-one sessions that you can use any time in that 12 months. It's not a time-limited bonus. I'm not putting pressure on you. You've got to sign up by tomorrow. Nothing like that. But it's just something I want to include because I feel like it will really amplify your outcomes. And so it's something that I want to do. So jump on the guest list today because we start on the 6th of Feb. And when this podcast comes out, that's not long. So do it because I want to work with you. I want to make you valuable. I know you are valuable, but I just want you to wear that on the outside, my love. So as always, have an amazing day, have an amazing week, and I hope everything's brilliant with you. Chat to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me, Beck Hughes, on the C Word podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends and business buddies who might like to listen in too. The music for this podcast is by Red Productions on Pixabay.